Well, what a great day of worship. What a great day to come in to see all that God wants to do in our midst today. If you have your Bible with you this morning, we're going to look at one verse of Scripture that's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. One verse of Scripture. And it has to do with hope, our reason for hope. On the back of the bulletin this morning, or as a, a teaching guide or a learning guide, so you can write down some of those things that we're going to talk about. But in this one verse, we find a lot that's really going to help us. A lot's going to help us not only through time of transition, but time of our own lives that we go through when we need to find hope in Christ. Hope's a big deal, right? Hope is all around us. There's so many needs around us. Just about 10 days ago, there was a, an accident in Italy. Maybe you read about that, a bridge that collapsed uh, in Genova, the north western port of Italy on an important day for Italy, actually, uh, because they have that day set aside as a special day. But on that morning commute, a bridge collapsed, and we now know that at least 39 people died in that collapse. The unexpected moment, I read an article from one of the men who did not die, of course, and he was, the, his car fell actually over the side and lodged in front of a piece of concrete. I had to climb out the back window. And he, he said in the thing that he wrote that he, he wasn't even sure what was happening. It was almost like time stood still. But when the car landed, his first thought was, man, I hope I can get out of this vehicle before it continues to fall. And we see in the articles that were written, there was that whole concept of them hoping that they would find more people alive and hoping that they would do that. Hope is in everything we do. It's a part of our lives. It's our hope for the future. Now, Peter speaks to that in 1 Peter as we look at the third chapter in verse 15. We're just going to talk about that one spot. If you have your phone or iPad or the Bible and pew in front of you, if your own Bible, you can just turn to that verse, and we're going to kind of focus on that verse this morning because it gives us a great understanding of what the Bible teaches us for the fullness of hope and where we place our hope. We will look at some other scriptures. We'll have those on the screen and this verse becomes vital to us. So I want to read this verse as we get started this morning in this sermon. He says to us in verse 15, but in your hearts regard, that's the word that he uses, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Well, we're going to look at this verse this morning, and we're going to try to apply to our lives and what Peter teaches us about the hope that we have in Christ. Writing himself from a man who followed Christ, who thought he was going to be the one that was going to save all Israel, that was going to be the king of all Israel. But here he, he knows different now, right? He knows that things have changed. It wasn't as he expected. Hope in the scripture usually has three different meanings, and it does in our lives too. We oftentimes hope for something that's pleasurable, right? There's a pleasure in I hope. I hope I get to go to, a, to the beach on vacation. I hope I get a new car. That's kind of a, a hope in, an, in something that gives us pleasure. And the Bible uses that in some occasions, that kind of idea that gives us pleasure, the hope that we look for. Another word that's often used is the hope of expectation. I'm hoping to graduate from college. That's an expectation that I'm hoping to get a new job. I have hope that I'll get a salary increase or whatever that might be. I'm, I'm hoping 
I'm going to get married soon. There's that, there's that expectation in that word, right? So you have a, a pleasure and then you have an expectation. And then there's that word that's used in the Bible that's used here in this passage that has to do with confidence. It has the word to do not so much that I hope in something, but I have assurance in something. And that's what Peter says here, that we have assurance in who we are. There's an assurance in this hope that we have, as he states in verse 15, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope, reason for the assurance, reason for the confidence that you have. Now, Peter would say to us that our hope is going to lie in the fact that we trust Jesus as our Savior. It's an eternal hope, but according to God's word, it's an abundant life hope that we have in the present. So he gives us this understanding that, that our hope, that our confidence is in Christ, that he is going to put that into our life. He starts this verse by saying to us, but in your hearts, revere Christ. But in your hearts, regard Christ. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ. Now, he starts out by telling us that it really has to do with our heart, right? It, it is, hope is a function of the heart. That's where it begins. Our heart, we know, is that central part that drives our emotions. It's that central part that drives our feelings. When we fall in love with someone, we simply say we've give, given our heart to them. Peter says that our hearts are to be given in love to Christ. It is Christ in which we have our loyalty of our heart. It is Christ in which we move the love of our heart. It is Christ in which we long after. We sang that in the song that we just sang. It's, our, it's, it's Christ that our hearts is longing for. So Peter says to us as believers that the first thing that we're going to have to do is to have our confidence in this hope because hope is the subject of this entire paragraph in the Greek text. And so the whole idea is in this hope, our, our heart then has loyalty, it has love, it has longing for something. And our hearts do that, right? Our hearts are always going to be longing for something. Our hearts are always going to be looking for something. But the function of our heart is to drive us to this place. Now, what does he tell us in this verse that it drives us to? In your hearts, you're going to sanctify. That word regard, sanctify, whatever your past has made say to you, has the understanding that our hearts are set apart. That word sanctify, that word regard, means to set apart. So now, Peter says, my heart, your heart, is set apart. Your feeling, your desire, your loyalty, your love, your longing, everything about you is set apart for Christ. And then that's the second thing we look at today, is that understanding that hope gives us the person to whom we turn in trying times. So it's not a person that we turn to in the human sense, but here Peter says the person is before you, and he tells us in two things. Look at that verse closely. He says that inside that we are sanctifying our hearts to Christ the Lord. Now, the Bible is just an amazing book. He gives us so much in that, right? He helps us to understand. Paul, Peter could have used different names for Jesus. Here he uses two important names. He says our hearts are set apart, first of all, to Christ. And the word that he uses for Christ is the Redeemer. 
It's a word that brings about that understanding that he has redeemed us. He is, he is the one into whom we exalt all things. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. It's the same Old Testament word that's given over for God. It's a New Testament word that's connected to Christ and God. So the highest thing Peter says then our hearts of loyalty, longing, and love is giving over to who? It's given over to the one who is majestic, the one who has all power, the one who has all control. And we, we know that, Right? We think that way, we talk about that, we study that. But Paul, Paul has helped us in his own writing to help us to understand what that means. Matter of fact, Paul says to us in another passage, he says very clearly to us, we have this hope as an anchor. We read that earlier. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That comes from Hebrews chapter 6. We have our, so Paul understood that, but Peter in this passage is saying it is to Christ. He is the one in which our heart is going to move toward. We sanctify our life toward. It is a Christ who is the center of everything. Not only Christ does he use, but he says Christ the Lord. He puts those two words together. Intentionally, God's word helps us. Christ the Lord. What do you do when the Lord is involved? You surrender your heart to the Lord. That word there is a, a word that comes out of master, right? He is, the, he is the master. So Peter says to us, in this framework of a confident hope, that our hearts then are set apart to Christ, who is magnificent, the creator, the all-powerful one, and to the Lord, to which we have bent our knee to or given our heart to. And so he tells us in which we turn our lives, we give our lives, we, we turn our lives to where they need to be. Now, why did Peter know such, so much about that? Well, back when Jesus was walking around and Peter was with him and Jesus was going to the cross, Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him. Peter said, no, I'm not going to deny you. No way, man. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. And, and if you know that story from a biblical story, Peter does deny him. Three times, matter of fact. He just said, finally, I don't even know the guy. And the, and the scripture would say that he cursed at the person asking him. I don't even know Jesus. So Peter understood denying. He understood giving up. He understood that whole feeling of, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. I don't know what it's going to look like. But here he comes back so strong. And he says, no. No, I'm giving my heart and I'm putting it aside to the one who is master of my life. And that's what he calls us to do. Maybe for the first time as you come into Christ as Lord and Savior, or maybe for the umpteenth time of being able to say, I surrender again. I surrender my thoughts, my future, everything I'm about, my expectations, my pleasures. I surrender that to the Lord because he gives us in this passage who we turn to. The third thing he gives us in this passage is he tells us that this hope that we have gives strength to move us forward and gives us strength to move forward. Look at this passage again. So in this passage, he says this Lord, our hearts are, are going to be sanctified to Christ the Lord ready at any time. Look at that, that we are always prepared always prepared to give an answer 
So that's where strength is he's talking about. He's talking about the strength to move forward. He's talking about the understanding that we are always ready to do. How do we get ready in that place? We're always prepared in the strength. Well, we let the power of God fill us because we know that our lives are lives that are walking in the Spirit. That's what he's talking about, that we are, we're always ready. We're always ready in this confidence of this hope that is in us. When something surprises us, it doesn't destroy us. Why? Because we're always ready. When someone needs help, we're able to step in with what God has told us about our own salvation. Why? Because we are always ready to do that. That's the, that's the strength behind this passage. And so, so as we move forward, it's the strength that hope is going to give us. I walked out the door this morning as I was going outside, probably at 7.30, and over across the gym... The sun was coming up, you know, it was like beautiful. And I thought to myself, well, the sun always comes up. I can count on it. I may not see it every day. I may be in the house and not see it. I may, I may come out in the morning and it's cloudy, but it's there. It's going to be there. It's going to be something we can count on. Well, if I can count on the sun, I can surely count on the God who created it. I can surely count on the one who knows how big it is and knows the stars of all the planet that he has given name to according to Psalms. If I could count on that coming up, can I not count on the Lord to give me the strength to move forward, to give me the strength to move forward when I face a disease, when I face a divorce, when I face a, a problem somewhere, when I pray, face a, a church issue? Can I not trust in him to give me that confidence? And, and I think we would all say, yes, we can. That's what it's about. That's who we are as followers of Christ. We have that kind of confidence and the hope because he is the one who gives us the strength to move forward, and we are to be ready for that. And that's what he tells us in this passage. There's a readiness in our lives. He goes on to say, number four, hope gives us an answer through difficult situations. Now, he's talking in the whole realm. If you were to read all of 1 Peter chapter 3, he's talking about difficult situations. He's talking about struggles that they're going through. He's talking about issues that they're battling as believers, persecution, struggles, issues, all the things that are around them. So, so right in the context is where we are. So he tells us in this context that this hope, if you read this word, that he tells us here, always be prepared to give an answer, answer, answer to everyone who asks you, an answer. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about this answer that we have, this answer in difficult situations, this answer to be able to understand the why. The word in this passage, the word answer, has to do with that idea of apologizing or apologetics to be able to say the why. Here is the why of all this. And what is the answer to our lives? What is the why for you? When someone asks for this hope that's in you, which is what Peter is getting to, how do you have that hope or why is that hope in you? Now, the answer, obviously, is Christ. It's Christ in our life. It's where we have turned our hearts in loyalty to him, in love to him, in longing after him, not longing after the things that culture tells us to long for. It's being able to give an answer to the why. It, it's, it'd be much like this. You, you go to a doctor's office, and you're having a heart issue, and the doctor begins to tell you about your heart issue. They begin to explain some of the things about it, then they finally say to you, you need to have heart surgery because here's the why. I've just told you, you have 
clogged arteries or this problem here and this problem here. So they, so they tell you the why in that. And that's what he's saying to us in this word answer. When someone talks to us about what's going on in our world, in our life, in, in our family situation, in our church, the why of that is, the why we have hope is because of who Christ is. He is our only why. There is no other one. Now, he goes on in the next part to not only tell us the why, but he tells us about this defense. So hopes gives our defense in uncertain times. He not only tells us the why, but he tells us the how. Let's go back to that doctor illustration. The doctor tells you that you need to have heart surgery, and here's the reason why, because of all these problems. And then he comes in the next day with the book and the charts and the diagrams of what your heart looks like. And he begins to tell you how he's going to do it, where he's going to make the incision, what's going to happen once he's inside. Now, that's just an illustration that might be used for anything, but that doctor has moved from the answer of your problem to the how it's going to be defended or taken care of. Here, in this place, Peter says the, the how then. What is this how? You need to be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks for the reason and that word reason is what we're talking about. That's the, that's the word that's right there. That's the how, this reason for the hope that is in you, the hope that is in our lives. See, Peter makes it very personal to us. We give this defense in uncertain times. He doesn't stop there. He goes to the very next phrase, and I want us to end there today. When he says at the end of verse 15... But do this with gentleness and respect. Your passage or your translation may say meekness or fear. But what happens here is Peter has told us about our hope, right? He has told us what our, our heart's pur purpose is in that, an answer, how we give an answer to it, how we defend it. But now he, he makes it even more personal than he did at the beginning, this hope that's in you. And he says, with his hope, be able to share this hope with gentleness. And the word that he uses for gentleness is meekness, it's humility. It's as if we know how strong we are, but we don't use our strength. It's as a person who, as he's building here, it's, it's a whole lot about our reactions to things around us. And that's what gentleness and meekness always responds to. It's about how we react. People in our community, people in our church are going to talk over the next few weeks about our not having a pastor and all the things about that. And the truth is that the hope that we have will make a difference on how we respond. Because if we respond with negative or fear or not uncertainties of all those things that normally come out of our lives, that's just a normal thing for us, right? I mean, that's just who we are in our humanness. Yet, Peter's very specific. Our reactions are reactions of humility and gentleness that focus on hope, not fear, that focus on hope, not uncertainties, because if it focuses on uncertainties and fear, then it's more about us than it is about God. And that's what Peter has said in this one little verse. It is not about us. It's about what God is doing. It's about his power and his strength and the fact that in our life, but in this, Man, he calls us to this, to, to this character that he says that this hope in you is going to develop the character of your life. What are those? I mean, just think about that. Peter could have used so many words when he was talking about character, but he chose two under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. 
for us as a body, for us as individuals. He chose too that we be gentle, meek, humility comes out of us. And the second word he uses is the word respect. Or in your translation, it may be fear. But truthfully, the word has at its meaning, at its very base, that we are accountable. That we are accountable. We hate that word sometimes, at least I do. Why do I have to be so accountable? Why do I have to be, why do I have to be so accountable to things? So he, he, would, he would give us that word to say it is about accountability. It focuses our attention. That word, respect, fear, whatever you have, that word focuses our attention on how we have reacted, but it focuses our attention on how we are accountable to the hope that is in us. And church, we are. If we call ourselves followers of Christ, we are accountable to the hope that's in us. And if that hope that is in us in Christ and is in Christ alone, then we are able to talk about that. We are able not to focus on fear and uncertainty, but on the certainty of who Christ is, on the certainty of who he is as Christ, on the certainty of who he is as Lord, as Peter's already told us those things. And then he tells us in a verse at the, that's very helpful to us, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly, unwaverly, not wavering in any way to the hope we profess. Why? Well, because he who promised is faithful. And the hope that we have in us, the hope that we have for the future, the hope of what God's doing in our community through Graceland Baptist Church is not about us. It is about our faithfulness to the promise of God that God has planted this church in this place for this time, for this person, for a lost people around us who need to hear the gospel, who need to see people who rise up with hope, who need to see people who are able to talk about who Christ is and how they may know hope in Christ too because more than anything else, the world around us is in need of that kind of hope. Not the hope that the world gives, not the hope of having finances and resources and things around them for possessions, but the hope of Christ. Who has that hope? We do. What do we do with that hope? We live it out. That's why he uses this word. We have respect for it. We have fear for it. We're accountable to what we say to people about the hope that is in us. Because that's where our heart is. That's where our loyalty is. That's where our love is. That's what we're longing after. It is Christ. 